Welcome to the Revive Church Podcast with Pastor Todd Mazingo. Are you ready to get into it? I want everybody to buckle up. <laughs> We're going to go for a ride. Stick with me. There will be a nice twist loop-de-loop. And at the end, if you feel how I feel, it's going to completely revolutionize how you see Scripture in total. Sound good? That's a big order that Mike has just placed down, right? So if you have complaints, go ahead and follow him with Pastor Massey afterwards. He'll deal with you. So, the law. This is where we start, the law. Most of the time when we think about the law, we think oppressive, got to get out from under it. I can't, I can't be legalistic, Lord. I can't go towards the law, right? I want to shift your perspective about this. Romans 7, 7 through 13. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Far from it. On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law. For I would not have known about coveting if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, taking an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead. Remember that. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came to life and I died. And this commandment, which was to result in life, Proved to result in death for me. For sin, taking an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it, killed me. So then, listen closely to this. The law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. We've never seen it this way, have we? We tend to see it as oppressive and evil and wrong and get rid of it. Continues, therefore... Did that which is good become a cause of death for me? Far from it. Rather, it was sin in order that it might be shown to be sin by bringing about my death through that which is good so that through the commandment sin would become utterly sinful. This is like four sermons all in one. But what do we want to get from this? It wasn't the law that was evil. The law pointed out the sin, right? Apart from the law, sin is dead. Back to it. So sin is dead apart from the law. Notice what Paul says. Apart from the law, he was alive. Once the law came, he died. Paul goes on to say that sin deceived And use something good and righteous to kill us. In other words, the law itself is holy, righteous, and good. The law didn't cause death. Sin did. The law is good. Now, all of this is very important. So, something completely unrelated. Let's go back to the garden. Genesis 2.9 Out of the ground the Lord God caused every tree to grow that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we're, gi- we're given the condition of the garden. 
Everything in it is good, including the two trees in the middle, tree of life, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think sometimes we see that tree as, oh, that's, that's evil, right? But it never said that tree wasn't good. It said everything in the garden was good. So therefore, there was a use for it. Genesis 2, 16 to 17. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely eat, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for on that day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, first, Adam gets his command. God says, all right, here we go. Be fruitful and multiply. Okay, be fruitful. I can do that, Lord, no problem. <laughs> Fill the earth. <laughs> Check. Got it, Lord. Subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Yep, subdue everything. Dominion. Then he gets a single don't. One single don't. God says, that tree right there, don't eat of that. Because on the day that you do, you'll surely die. So Genesis 3, 1 through 7. I'm just going to paraphrase. But we have the serpent, the most crafty of all, who says to Eve, did he really say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? Do you notice what he did there? Always be on the lookout. Because what Satan will do is he'll start the argument from a place that throws you off kilter. Right? Do you notice what he did there? He didn't say, did he really tell you not to eat from that tree? No. He said, did he really tell you not to eat from any tree? He's cunning. He'll twist things. He's setting Eve off kilter purposefully. So Eve responds... That God said they could eat of the trees of the garden, but that middle one, they shall not eat it or touch of it or they'll die. Now this is where the serpent really does his work. He tells her, you're not going to die. He just knows that if you eat from it, you'll become like him, knowing good and evil. Now, as soon as he says that, do you notice Eve looks at the tree with completely new eyes? You notice that? She looks at it, it's like the tree lights up. The fruit looks tempting, delicious, and tantalizing. Hear me, the temptation woke up her desire. The description says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, all of a sudden she's looking at it and go, ooh, that is good for food. And that it was a delight to the eyes. And hear this one. And that the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took some of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband with her and he ate. In Genesis 3-7 it's mentioned. The eyes of both of them were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves waist coverings. And you notice back in Genesis 2.25, before the fall, it said, And the man and his wife were both naked. We're not ashamed. Something happened. They suddenly had shame. They suddenly saw sin. They saw their lack of covering. And God even asks them, who told you that you were naked? 
Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to? Here's a question. Who did tell them? There's no record of anybody telling them. There's no record of a conversation. It's almost as if they knew. And God knew that they knew. This was a statement of recognizing their new knowledge. The tree was not deceptively named. It was a true name. They now had a recognition of good and evil that did not exist before. Suddenly, they're mentioning something they shouldn't know. And when God hands out the curses, he said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. So we can't say that that was a lie, that they didn't really know good and evil. God even recognizes it's true. They're like us now. And now he might reach out with his hand, take fruit also from the tree of life, and eat and live forever. So he kicks them out, puts an angel to guard the way back into the garden. In other words, man would partake of the tree of life, living in flesh but dead in the spirit. Now, I'm going to go back to Romans. Everybody ready for the twist? You guys ready? You with me so far? Tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let me point it out to you in Romans. Romans 7, 5 through 6. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were brought to light by the law were at work in the parts of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter. I think we missed it. Let me read it again. For while we were in the flesh, while we were naked, the sinful passions, which were brought to light or aroused by the law, what brought it up? The desire of it. We're at work in the parts of our body to bear fruit for death. I have asked this question of the Lord for a while and I feel like I finally got my answer. Why is it called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because it's the law. Do we see this? It's the law. We tend to look at that tree as, oh, that tree was just the temptation that the Lord put in the garden. So there. It was their test. Now I'm not saying that's wrong, but what I'm saying is there was so much more to that tree. There was something good about it. Knowledge of good and evil. What is the law? Think about it. What is the law? The law is to be a tutor to lead us to Christ. When God wrote down the law for the Israelites under the Mosaic law, he was telling them, this is good. This is bad. Do we realize that what we actually did was we looked at God and we said, I'm supposed to have communion with you. I'm supposed to rely on you. I'm supposed to follow you. But instead, my desire is to figure it all out on my own. How often do we do that in our own lives? No, Lord, I'll figure this out. How often did the Israelites do it? No, Lord, we'll figure this out. 
Okay, I got to go here for a second. Do you notice all the interactions between Christ and the Pharisees are about the law? Do you notice what their focus is the entire time? But the law says, and you're not following what the law says. This is what the law did. This is how the law brought us through. Do you realize they are doing exactly what Adam and Eve did? Christ even says to them, you search the scriptures for me. I'm right here. They were so focused on the law that they couldn't see the tree of life standing right in front of them. So Romans 8, 1 through 4. Therefore, there is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. The law is weak in the flesh. The flesh cannot handle it. The flesh cannot fulfill it. What we did as Adam and Eve and all the way through was we looked at it and we said, I'm going to figure this out. I can handle this. And God said, no, you can't. You can't do it. It's exactly why he said, if you look at that, you're going to die. Right? Or if you, if you eat of that, you're going to die. So that tree is righteous. It's good. It's holy. Remember back in Romans? The law is good and righteous and holy. The problem is you can't fulfill it. You can't fulfill the obligation that actually happens. And so what happened was they ate of the fruit. They put themselves under covenant, under bondage of the law. They said, we're going the law path. We're going the knowledge of good and evil path. So God wrote down the law for them. And in Galatians 3, 24 to 26, Paul goes farther. He says, therefore, the law has become our tutor. Okay, so he takes something that causes death and says, fine, I'll use it to teach you back to Christ. He says, our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Somebody fulfilled it for you. Christ fulfilled it for you. See this, when I started to figure this out, everything in scripture made sense in a different light for me. Because all of a sudden, it wasn't God was tempting me or testing me and I failed and so then he had to send his son to, to die for me. God said, look, don't go that path. Don't go that route. You can't complete it. You can't finish it. But humans took, they ate. And so what God did was, in a moment of mercy, he covers them, right? They tried to do it with fig leaves. Have you ever tried to wear a fig leaf? 
have a feeling it doesn't cover very much. So he does the sacrifice. Skin. Do you see the love in that moment? He goes, look. Okay, guys. I'll cover you. And then he sets in motion this entire process to win you back. To say, okay, you're not going to be able to cover the law. You're not going to be able to do this. Fine. I'll send Jesus in your place. He will die on that cross. He will fulfill the law. And that way you can be resurrected in life with him. It puts a whole different spin on what your job is in all of this, doesn't it? It is no longer, you better fulfill the law. You better be a good person. This is truly, the, the, the bedrock of all of it is, Jesus, you did it all. You saved me. And I want to show something to you real fast, and then I'll finish up. You want to know how I know this is such a beautiful picture? Christ says the law will not pass away, not a jot nor a tittle, until the old heaven and earth pass away. If you look at Revelation, Revelation actually says the old heaven and earth pass away and the new heaven and earth are given. But there's something else in there. If you go through, you'll notice there is a tree of life in the new heaven and earth there is no mention of a law or a tree of knowledge of good and evil. He did it, he finished it, and he still provides you the opportunity to eat of the tree of life. <laughs> Guys, that tree was us accepting the bondage of law. Going, God, hmm, I'm going this way. I want to figure it out. I want to be wise in my own eyes. That looks good to me. So God, instead of going, fine, whatever, says, all right, we'll go the long way. We'll figure this out. So in his infinite wisdom, he used that law to tutor us and teach us and lead us back to the Savior who we then put our faith in and saves us for eternal life. If this hits, take it as a peaceful moment. Take it as something that you can shed off the burden of law and weight and oppression and you can understand where are my eyes supposed to be. My eyes are supposed to be on God. That's what he wants. He wants communion with you. He wants reliance from you on him because he's trustworthy and good to do so. He wants relationship with you. He wants to be the one to lead you into all truth. So I want my altar ministers to come forward. If you guys could please stand. The recognition of your sin isn't loss of your salvation, but a starting point for sanctification. Pastor Todd said that. Does that not fit here? If you have been struggling with feeling weight of I'm not good enough, if you have been struggling with the weight of Lord, 
I, I feel like I have to be better for you. If you're struggling with, Lord, I got to know it all and I got to go the path my own way. I want you to get prayer because I want you to be released into faith and relationship with Christ. I do not want you to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want you to eat of the tree of life because that is better than anything and it produces life. Where do you get that tree? Christ. Please, guys, come forward if you feel that weight, if you feel that pressure, if you feel that, man, I just, the burden of the law. It was a tutor to point you to Christ. So let's pray. Father, Father, the, the gift through all of time, from the beginning to the end, Lord, it was your will and your purpose for our good. Lord, you never gave up on us. Lord, you completed it. And Lord, we just praise you and thank you that you were so faithful to us even when we were dead in our sin, Lord. Lord, that despite what we did, you still looked at us with loving eyes of a father and said, I'll take care of it, don't you worry. Father, I pray that every heart here tonight would be lifted up and see scripture in a whole new light because you are there every step of the way, Lord. Father, I pray they would have intimacy with you. They would hear your voice. They would know you, Lord. That they would walk in the cool of the evening with you, Lord. And that we would put aside all of this posturing and this law and this, this do-good stuff, Lord, and we would just be one with you. Lord, we are so grateful for you. We love you, Lord. In your name, amen. Come forward, guys. Get some prayer. What did you think? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at reviveusnow.com. We are excited that Pastor Todd has released his complete set of his Vindication series, God Vindication, Jesus Vindication, and Holy Spirit Vindication. These books will help you become intimately acquainted with all members of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To go even deeper in applying this to our lives, he has also released workbooks to accompany these books. We all know that hearing a message and reading a message can be very helpful, but our memories can fade with time. But if we work on practical applications of the concept found in these workbooks, we can cement these into our long-term memory banks and be ready to share them with others. The books and workbooks are available separately or as a set on Amazon.com. This podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you live in our area or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue, Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice. That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.